Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf program, unlike any other. Yes, my friends, we have done it. We are back. This is your pals from Fairway Rollin', a golf program on FanDuel TV and the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, joined as is our way by my incomparable accomplice, our PGA Tour boots on the ground, Nathan Hubbard. My birdie buddies, I'm pleased to announce that in addition to Nathan and I this week, we have Memphis's native son, Chris Vernon, on the scene, the most famous Masters rapper in all of the land. The FedEx Cup playoffs kick off down in Memphis, so we had to have Verno on. Nathan and I are here to run through all the consequences and implications of the final tour event of the season. The playoffs are staring us in the face. This is a mega playoffs preview. My birdie buddies, let's get onto the first tee and get this going. Nate, dog, how's your Lucas Glover? It's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, you forget this guy's a major winner house because he's 166th in putting this year. I mean, you are just about as strong of a putter as Lucas Glover, at least 
you were until the Rocket Mortgage Classic when he started ripping off top tens. We kind of could see this one coming, couldn't we, House? We've been talking about Lucas Glover in the weeks behind a T4 at Rocket Mortgage, followed by a T6 at John Deere, then a solo fifth at Barbasol, and we just knew something was coming. I'm not sure we saw him hanging in with the Stones against the likes of a pretty decent set of chasers. But boy, uh, great to see him win. The scene with his daughter crying was wonderful. And uh, I like when old dogs learn new tricks, House. Yeah, you know, it's funny. He said, I'm, I'm too old for all this. You know, working so hard out here grinding. But, you know, all, all credit to him. He he hung in there. And really, Russell Henley had the Yikes. golf tournament. It was in his hands. And Yikes. somewhere along the way, he ran he ran into the wrong uh, set of circumstances with the golf gods because he got two breaks that were absolutely the worst kind of Shiny bad breaks. beats you can catch. It was just so unfair. He didn't really do anything wrong on 16. I will very briefly complain about a golf course design where there are balls that are all collecting in the same one and a half foot square patch that goes from being a collection of divots to a single a uh, six-inch deep crater. That is a design flaw, and I'm sure the superintendent uh, and 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 the entire team at the Sedfield Country Club did their level best. But man, you can't have a hole as a collection spot for all these balls and and, and make the dudes play out of it. Rant over, and then you know he got a very very extraordinarily bad break on on the next hole with a punch out from the trees. Now he did make his own misfortune, Russell Henley. He, he yeah. didn't have enough club on 16. He did flare the three wood out. He wasn't able to turn the ball over on 17, but he deserved better than the outcomes in each of those instances, don't you think? Well, and, and Lucas Glover stepped up on 18. Even with all of that, Russell Henley you know, was in position to potentially make a playoff until Lucas Glover flared it way left and got the bounce of the year off a security guy's cart. Why is that guy <laughs> there for crying at the out number, loud? Like bare, at, at exactly the number. How could you have I mean, a cart there? Look, quick aside. In the new world of PGA Tour golf, please stop giving so many people carts. They give every dumb donkey in the universe a cart. And look, that was a security guy. He's doing his job. He's, his job is not to watch a golf ball. His job is to protect the players and the guests. So... His thing aside, I'm just telling you, there are a bunch of morons with carts driving all over these tournaments in people's backswings, in play, and it finally had an effect of probably turning that golf tournament. That ball continues to go where it was going. Lucas Glover ain't making par. And the thing about it is that that he was extremely in play, that golf cart. It wasn't <laughs> like he was... Uh, out in no man's land and it was a miracle that the ball found its way we kept watching tee shots go down that side all JT, afternoon jt right? hit a gnarly great draw hook out of those trees way further left and way further up he should not have been you know what he jt could have used is a, is a security guy in a cart at that moment exactly uh, so it was high dramatics speaking of jt my question to you what was more dramatic was it JT's stretch run 
or was it Bryson DeChambeau dropping a 58 lift clean and place 58 out of the old green briar, which honestly, let's be honest, just loves to give it up, loves to, to spread out and give it up. Doesn't, doesn't the old green briar do that, Nate Dog? It, it's a course that is uh, relatively easy. I don't want to listen. A 58 is a 58. 58 is and a 58. I, I do think Bryson physically looks pretty good these days, doesn't he? he I agree He's with found you. the right balance between scrawny, uh, you know, bowler hat Bryson and and where, you know, where he got to in the Masters when he was basically passing out from gastro you know, inflammation. Yes. Uh, he looks physically great. And look, uh, Bryson DeChambeau playing good golf is fun for golf. Whether that means we're going to see him in some combined PGA Tour live entity or we just see him four times a year in the majors. And he, he flirted a little bit with us at, at, at the PGA, didn't he? Uh, well, he, he, I mean, it was more than flirtation. He, he, he was very much uh, in the thick of things. And it was fun. Coming down the stretch. But look, you know, at, there's no reason we couldn't see him five times. There is an event coming up this fall that will be on, on broadcast television. We're not doing A guy. This. An undefeated track record in the previous time that he competed in this event. And oh, by the way, the two most famous guys, right, that we're, we're, we're talking about as you go down the Ryder Cup list and guys that have potential have shown something maybe sort of kind of, let's just play the grocery store game, right? Bryson DeChambeau. Next to you pick, you pick somebody from the six to 12 range. That's not Jordan Spieth. No, that's who I was going to pick. <laughs> everybody knows Jordan. Jordan's in. Jordan, Jordan's good. Ricky's good. Jordan and Ricky, they're good. Cause you know, we, we, we know who those boys are, but look, man, as far as I'm concerned for, as we sit here today, we're going to keep having this conversation because I just enjoy it immensely. Yeah. Uh, and the playoffs are going to reveal some stuff to us. They always do. We always sort of enter the playoffs. Well, I'll speak for myself. Not we, but you. there there has been across sort of golf media, you can't really get enthusiastic about it until you're in it. And then you start seeing some incredible performances and some unexpected stuff. And then it gets really, it's like, wait a minute, this is good. There are some good things happening here. There are some exciting moments the Patrick Cantlay Bryson DeChambeau playoff from several you know year, years ago uh many many other playoff moments that I'm just not p- pulling off the top of my head right now <laughs> but look back to the Ryder Cup the ongoing conversation if you have both JT and Brooks and why couldn't I mean and and Bryson why couldn't Bryson and Brooks be a team why can't JT and Jordan Spieth be a team? Like, there are some natural allies out there. Now, Bryson and Brooks are not buddies. They've they've created peace in the realm in service of rallying around the live flag. But let's not oh, pretend they, they that made some money bros. together. I think they both, you know, got a nice chunk of change yeah. for their head-to-head competition out out at the win. And a it was years about ago. the money, not the hang and, house. And I and, think it's fine. Look. It, there's no chance Bryson DeChambeau is on this team. It's no not chance, happening. he says. It's not happening. Oh. No chance. PGA and, of America? No. Trying to catch eyeballs up against college football in the NFL? Absolutely not. And You know and, who one of the most recognizable golfers on the planet is? I, I know. I understand. 
It's not happening. Justin Thomas is going to be on this team. That was more dramatic than the 58, I think. I love the hustle down the stretch. I loved the chip in off the flag that probably should have dropped. I loved grandma's reaction. I loved everything about it. But look, Amazing. I, a lot of people. You know what that out. was? That what? was great TV. Yes, you know it who was. understands TV? Yeah. Justin Thomas. Yeah. He's good on TV. It's a good TV show, Nate Dog. Yeah, and and look, last year Adam Scott had to rally to make to get in. There were some players who had to rally, and there was some subtle drama. That's why we love this event. It it actually I think is great long term for Thomas to have missed this by one. We, we said oh. it's going to come down because, look, literally one stroke over the course of 7,000 or so over the course of a season would have gotten him into this playoff. And so it does mean that every tournament matters. And we just got a schedule drop today for next season where you know there, there are going to be a ton of events on almost all the time. It just is a reminder that... When you go out and only play 20 times because you're Justin Thomas, you may be putting yourself in a corner with all of these great young players coming up, chasing, nipping at your heels. Thomas is not, you know, Ludwig Aberg anymore. Ludwig Aberg's gunning for Justin Thomas's spot at Eastlake next year. And Thomas has got a lot of work to do just to show up. So I love the observation you just made. It's validation of the proof of concept, we've been calling it FFH season, right? Yes. Five effing holes. Do you yeah. think that Justin Thomas could go through? Honestly, he could look at his club selection on 16 yesterday, which he ended up bogeying what because he hit it you know, short yeah. and, and, and the chip didn't get up far yeah, and enough. And he said up. it was the wind and whatever. It was out of his control. Okay. So that's 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 one hole. I'm sure there are four others, right? Over the course of the season, no, there, there's no doubt, and 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 it, it speaks to a the fact that every shot matters over the course of the season. It also speaks to the intrigue of this event, and 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 as you said, you know, it, it, in, as Lucas Glover even said in the clubhouse, he said, "Hey, this is going to be a four hole shootout uh, during that rain delay." And you step back and said, "Yeah, it's four effing holes is all it was going to take to determine." All kinds of things. Because if Lucas Glover blows up in those last four holes, guess who gets into the playoff? It's Justin Thomas. So yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. It, and, it, I mean, it, even our, bo- our good boy Billy Hoho was staring right there. Look, if you they charted his scorecard at one point, he was 54th. Yeah. On the fourth hole yesterday, he was well inside the top 70. And yeah. it, it just wasn't his day. He wasn't able, but he he came back and had those four holes open and available with Eagle on 15 potentially and birdies on other holes, he could have thrown yeah. himself right back up into it. Well, it was think, not a foregone conclusion. Dramatic. We're looking for drama golf. Yes. That's the whole point of this tournament. And, and I think CBS did an admirable job. They're going to keep learning, as is the tour. They need to lean into this event because it, it, having Justin Thomas miss, again, I think in the long run, we're all going to believe that it's possible that some of the good guys are going to get boxed out and have to do a lot more work. Now, let's be clear. The top 30 in the world rankings are going to get into what are now called signature events. You and I call them elevated, designated. They're called signature events. And the top 30 in the world will get into that. And for now, Justin Thomas's world ranking at 30 seems to be relatively safe. But there is a lot of golf to be played here that out of the gate unless he gets a sponsor exemption and unless he keeps his position in the world ranking 
you know, it's going to be harder for him to jump into these events and keep playing. So I, I do think um, what we loved about the PGA Tour that we didn't really get with Liv was the meritocracy part of it, that you have to eat only what you kill. And there are a lot of guys who are damn good hunters and sharpshooters out there, and they're coming up one by one every year off out of the college ranks into the tour now more than ever. So I, I just think it just is a reminder that in the post-Tiger golf world house, we got to find a way to make it really cool that on any given Sunday, there are 50 to 70 guys who can go out and Brian Harmon a golf tournament. And that's got to be something we're excited about. You know I agree with you on this. I do have a quick question for you. I don't want to take us too far down this tangent, but... It's okay. Do we have to play Sedgefield? Do we have to play that that golf course? It Like, it just... <laughs> I want some drama. Like, yeah. put us in an iconic venue. Make that thing feel big time. Make it yeah. feel big time. Wyndham is the partner. That's fine. Can't Wyndham travel? Can't we find another place where Wyndham... Hotels have a prevalent, you know, uh, uh, place in the in, in the market, and you know, I, I think it's fair. You, you almost wish that the the that River Highlands, the the Hartford tournament, was here. Maybe with that closing stretch of holes with a drivable par five, uh, four, so on and so forth. I, I I think I think it's a fair point. Let's be honest, though. The tour has just been struggling to figure out how to put a schedule together with corporate sponsors. They just put out a schedule with you know, there's nobody stepped in for the Honda yet. And there's nobody that stepped in for the opposite field event that used to be the Barbasol that has now evaporated. That's going to happen next year. They are still trying to claw together the money just to make the economics of this thing work. I mean, look, I think the winner of the PIP's going to make, uh, or the, excuse me, the winner of the Comcast business top 10, which is to say the guy who finishes the regular season in first place is going to make $8 million next year. There's just a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And, you know, that's that's playing the number of events that they have available. And, and you know, yeah. at the uh, uh, there's always that tension and you are acutely aware of it. You've written about it. And we understand it. Who is the tour for? Is it is it for the top 30 guys who are most likely to garner the attention or, yeah. you know, what's the role for 31 to 150 and how important are those, uh, you know, principles yeah. to be served, right? Yeah, you're right. I, I do think it's worth saying, look, these events are, if you are a gambler, these are great events for you. Last week, we gave you JT Poston because you could see the momentum building. JT Poston finished T7. We gave you Stefan Yeager. J Stefan Yeager, even with a double down the stretch or maybe even a triple, finished top 20. So, like, we've been talking hey. about Lucas Glover and his renewed hey. putter. Yes. You tried to make fun of me. I know you're you're skipping right over this, dude. I said Webb Simpson. I said you yes. have to look at Webb Simpson. Yes. And you tried you to Webb bust Simpson. my chops. And I there's the top five from Webb Simpson. I know. It's and, literally and, the, the only golf tournament. It's it, There's one a year that he could play good in. It's this. That's and all. And this is, this is why we do this together. But just it, it is – there is money to be made if you are paying attention to these non, you know, iconic signature events because you can see the guys who have the momentum and who are building. You can see that Lucas Glover, who is one of the great ball strikers out on tour, consistently gains shots off the tee, consistently gains shots on approach, horrible with the putter, suddenly is gaining strokes putting 
And you know what that means. It's just like when our guy, Colin Morikawa, your guy, Colin Morikawa, who we know a lot about and understand the ball striking stats, starts to putt well. You know what happens. That's how he wins majors. So it's, it, it makes it fun if you just get two or three layers underneath that onion house because there's just so much more to be learned in a depth of a field of 150 guys. Well, the beauty of this meritocracy that, that the tour has landed upon is we now have a field of, of 70 studs. We and do. the 70 studs played this, this, this wraparound season uh, and, and absolutely earned their spots all the way down to a single shot, a single uh, ball that hits the pin by Justin Thomas. And Ben Griffin is in it because over the course of, of these, these many months and these many events, Ben Griffin was, you know, one shot, one shot better. better, one yeah. shot better. So that's that's what we're talking about with the meritocracy. And it sets up for a great FedEx Cup playoffs, which we will talk about in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you about Nate Dog, The business of golf, because we had in the interim a couple of, of interesting wrinkles. Um, 40 tour players while we were taping our show last week, sent a letter to the, to the headquarters in Pani Vidra and said, we have a suggestion for somebody that you should put on your board. And his name is Tiger Woods and we won't take no for an answer. And they were like, oh, you want Tiger done? <laughs> and it was, you know, to, to the layman, it looked like the turnaround time between the moment that that send was pressed on 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 the on the email to the moment that that Tim Monahan and his uh, Tim Monahan Jay Monahan there's a Tim Monahan in my life great guy Jay Monahan and his crew were 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 uh, I don't I won't be profane about it but they were quickly they got to yes very quickly Nate yeah they did uh, and they didn't have a choice I mean I think didn't more have a choice thing, this seemed to be at least a near-term deflating of the balloon that was building up around Jay Monahan's medical leave because uh, it, the, the, the tension and need to rebuild trust is real. There was a lot of question and speculation about Jay's job. I don't think that makes all of this go away, but you did have some fairly supportive comments from Tiger in that press release that at least for the moment, I think, quelled the churn. And some of that may be, the clock is ticking, House. It's August already. We got four months for these guys to get this deal done with the Saudis, or else this deal's not getting done, at least not not in, in the uh, allotted time under the agreement. And as you know, and have pointed out many times, that document that was written on the back of a napkin that created the the joining of these two leagues, all of the important terms and numbers and decisions are still blank. So I think turning over leadership with four months to go when clearly very, very few people had been at the heart of that negotiation was probably not in the best interest of the guys. Now, whether this means Jay Monahan is the commissioner announcing the schedule a year from now, I'm not so sure. Let's gamble on it. I think there's zero chance. Uh, the two things that I I would say, and this would be the house parlay, in fact, because you know I like to combine propositions. You love it. 
the two things that I would say are have a zero percent chance of happening. There is no way there's a deal with the real meat on the bones that's done by the end of this year. It's just not logistically possible. And the reason for that is because the all-time business case bungling by the tour of this potential partnership with the Saudis, leaving aside the most important constituency, which are the mother efforts that are going on TV and performing, they are not expendable. So just factoring in the the, the buy-in that you didn't get in the first place, how long it's going to take to get buy-in on any kind of structure, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're just not going to be able to get it done. Four months is not enough time. So they're, they're going to postpone that. That's the first part of the parlay. And the second part of the parlay is, uh, you know, I will he be in the chair? No chance. There's zero percent chance. No, he he will fade off into Bolivian um, with or some kind oblivion. of into Bolivia exalted, or oblivion. Yes, all the above. I mean, that was my Mike Tyson. Um, he he will have some exalted position, you know, and and it doesn't mean that he has to uh, separate his relationship um, with with the tour. But he he ain't going to be the head honcho. Um, this time come come next year as this thing shakes out, but that's all fine. It's Wait. it's you know they have a schedule for next year. It's a calendar year schedule. That's a good thing, right? Yeah, th- that is that is a good thing, and it does seem like they've put a lot more meat on the bones of how you get into these signature events. That by the way are going to have elevated FedEx Cup points. Normal uh, tournament has five hundred. These are going to have seven hundred to the winner. I say. And uh, there are going to be roughly 20 spots, sounds like about five sponsor exemptions, plus 10 guys who are leading the FedEx Cup race who aren't already qualified of, of the 50 guys. That's what makes this week so important, by the way, is the guys who advance after this week are into all these signature events. In. And, then an- in, and then another five guys who will qualify by virtue of playing well in the feeder tournaments that lead up to it the same tournaments that we've been talking about on this podcast slash show that we pay attention to because you can see the momentum of a guy like a lucas glover or a jt poston who have a really good chance to come in and snatch a victory uh that that otherwise if you weren't paying attention looks like it was highly coincidental does it matter to you that the tour has dropped the mandatory participation requirement of, of the top players. Does that matter to you for the purposes of these signature events? It's going to matter to me if they don't naturally gravitate to almost all of these. I don't care if somebody takes a week off or two, you know, right. but if suddenly you go back to the splintering and fragmentation, I, I just think, I think the Justin Thomas thing will also play a part here, which It'll is that- resonate. All this is how you make money. It, these guys are getting handed a little bit of pit money, but mostly they're getting handed money for the number of FedEx Cup points that they accumulate. And Justin Thomas played it too cool this year. He didn't play enough events, and yeah. everybody ebbs and flows a bit. There is, you know, even look, Scotty Scheffler maybe is the guy who doesn't miss a cut. Fine, but even if you're Scheffler, you know, depending on how the trajectory of the putter continues. You're going to have to go out there and earn your money and earn your points. And these events are going to be the place to do that. So I'm going to be really surprised if the best guys don't all play together. I think they're all in on this. And I think that there is now finally 
you know, what a difference 18 months makes. 18 months ago, it was every man for himself. Now, with Tiger taking in over that board effectively, because now the players run it, full stop, they're all in this together. And and it's going to mean that there is absolutely a, if, if they haven't signed to be in the signature, if they haven't given their signature to be in the signature events, they have absolutely uh, given the nonverbal cues that they're going to be there with the exception of, of a very few set of events. I will say this to you, one aspect of the announcement of this schedule and the way it's playing out. I am greatly relieved by the quantity of no cut events and sort of where they fall and, and how that's playing out because there was an indication. It felt like we might get a glut of no cut events and it was really going to bother me. And now looking at this list, I'm, I'm actually kind of thrilled. So the no, the, the, there are four no cut events that where, where there were properly cuts previously. Um, and those Pebble. are Pebble is one, and that's a way to get guys to go play Pebble at the end of January, early February, we want to see great players at, at Pebble. It is, you know, one of America's iconic golf venues. We understand schedule wise, why it's kind of funky. And, you know, that time of year isn't perfect weather and all the reasons why, uh, that, that event fell into disrepair, but come on, great job getting that back. Um, and then the RBC, the RBC heritage and Harbor town, um, which is the, the week after the masters. Yeah. Getting getting a great crowd there and having the assurance that you're going to see the best players um, for the for all four, including possibly the Masters winner, um, which is which, which is, we saw know, this year with John Rahm. That's right. right, and we and, and and that's good for TV. Yeah, that's one that a few people might skip. I have to say, I think Rom playing that and then Mexico took some energy out of his balloon for the middle part of the season. But we'll see. the The crowd there. I was on the ground there, as you know. The crowd there this year was intense and awesome, and it helped that Spieth was making a run. But that's a crowd worthy of, of of this elevated event. And yeah, okay, so so you don't have a cut. I think, you, like you're saying, we can live with that one. I think. Yeah, and then the Wells Fargo and the Travelers, which are both like big cornerstone sponsors, big cornerstone events on on tour. Um, those are both no cut. Uh, events it's fine does it bother you that wells fargo is next to the pga championship you know we, we reported on that a couple of weeks ago we talked about this schedule uh on, on the show you you had a little bit of a reaction to putting you know wells fargo up against pga championship and then putting the memorial which will not have a cut or which will have a cut up against the u.s open followed by the travelers which which will not have a so I, I'm cool with it because the no cut element of it lets guys that are preparing, it's, it becomes a truly um, tr- a, a preparation event, right? Yeah. So guys, and, and I, I don't, you know, it's not that, that, that Quail Hollow bears an enormous likeness um, to, to Valhalla. Although they, they, they're from the same sort of overall South region-ish kind of, you know. So the weather <laughs> conditions, there might be some, some likeness, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't mind okay. that. I, I do love that the events that kept the cut, the Genesis, the API at Bay Hill, and, and the Memorial, Memorial, Tiger, Arnie, Jack, yes, cuts, yes, the classics with you know the three most important names in the history of professional golf. Pretty clear um, statement about how they feel three, about three cuts. Of, yeah. 
three of them. Yes, I think I think that that's exactly right. And it didn't bother me at all. They counted the century as no cut, but the century's been no cut forever. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's great. So so it feels like maybe this was uh, not much ado about nothing because I do think they were considering. A, a few more events with no cuts, but I, it feels like we can live with this, these four tournaments with no cuts. It's fine. It's not like they're on, I mean, Quail Hollow, we see so much. I feel like I'm getting tired of that venue. I've you had know. enough of Quail Hollow. Yeah. I mean, Hartford, honestly, the course there is gets so backed up because yeah. of the layout that the rounds don't finish. It takes a long time. So I actually think moving that to 70 is going to be better for the viewing experience and for getting guys around. You know, we had some weather this year, so on and so forth. So look, I, I, I don't mind it. Uh, as you said, getting guys to Harbor town after the masters is going to be hard. So bring it on. And then if it reinvigorates pebble, it's, it's all we've been asking for. Unfortunately, we're not going to have and with all due respect to Mr. Murray, we're not going to have the, the, the clowny ams on the weekend this time. They're going to play two days and then get the F out of there. And we'll see great golfers playing for yeah. big money on basically our favorite viewing course. Hooray. That's exactly right. And, and it's West Coast golf, you know, on a stretch of West Coast golf for all those East Coasters, you know, socked in by what used to be winter. Who knows now? But yeah, yeah I, I'm here for it. The one thing I, I also have... A little bit of hope. I I've wanted these. I want these fields to be more than seventy, and it feels like there's enough sort of wiggle room in there. It doesn't feel like it's a hard seventy right it's now. It's not. I mean, I, top thirty yeah, so, gets added on top of that, and yeah, yeah. It yeah, feels that, like, that, that, I, yeah. I'd like a little wiggle room. I'd like fields around sort of eighty-ish, eighty-five, even would be fine with me. Well, look, what we know is that the baseline criteria for getting into these signature events is going to be. Who makes it out of this coming weekend house? And so to let's me, talk about it. That is the story because there is a whole lot of drama around that. You know, there's 70 guys moving on, but that 50 number, you know, last week there really, we talked about were only maybe three or four potentially vulnerable guys inside the top 70. It ended up being Austin Eckroat. And, and, and there really weren't that many guys who, who, who were in jeopardy. This week, I got to tell you, it looks to me like if you just run the math, okay, the number of FedEx Cup points that's going to probably be the line is about 950 points. And it turns out Eric Cole right now is 40th with 950 points. Every guy between Eric Cole and Nick Hardy, who's back sitting at 50, is vulnerable this week. And that includes guys like ball flusher, Tom Hoagie. It includes JT Poston. It includes just winning Lucas Glover. It includes, is he going to be on the Ryder Cup team? Cam Young. Your boy. At, yeah. Your I mean, boy. Look, that, you keep arguing for him. I, 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 and I, and <laughs> absolutely. I mean, look, so there is, there is that group and we can talk more because some some of the guys outside the top 50 this week only probably need a top 30, top 27, top 20. I mean, even Ben Griffin, who's sitting there in 70th, if he gets a top eight, which is basically top 10, you know, depending on how things split, he's going to jump up into that top 50 and move forward. So there's a lot more motion in the ocean this week around the top 50 numbers. So that's the first thing. Yeah. So let me ask you, as a person with particular insight, into players that are in that 50 to 70 class. Yeah. 
what what's your instinct on the level of urgency how they're approaching it like what's the psychology when you're in in a in a place where you have real career certainty for the next say eight, 18 months based on your performance at an upcoming on uh, upcoming event um it's a tpc uh golf course yes so you know certain characteristics you know will, will, will prevail um it's produced it at the very top a whole list of like very very solid winners yes um but talk to me about the psychology of that 51 to 70 class well, I think that group feels good right now because they're exempt into all full field events next year. They know that they, you know, they've done what they need to do to be on the line. They know that at worst, they're moving into the fall season. If they don't crack the top 50, they're moving into the fall season because they carry their points into the fall season. They'll have an advantage. And the guys who finish 50th, 51st to 60 will get into Pebble. And we'll get into Riviera as those top 10 points leaders because there won't have been enough events to establish a leader. So they, right. they know that they are going to be in pretty good position, even if this week doesn't pan out. So I think you're going to see these guys going balls to the wall. I mean, a lot of them are going to my brother's sitting there at 59th. He needs probably a top 12. Uh, that's highly doable. You step back and go, well, it's a top 12. But you forget there's only 70 guys playing this event. Yeah. And so what you're really asking for from some of these guys in the in the 50 to 60 range is you got to be in the top 20% of guys this week. Well, that sounds if you're swinging the club well on a TPC where, you know, the greens aren't the hardest, it really feels like a second shot golf course if you feel good about your irons, you know, we'll hear we'll hear from Verno about how tough the rough can be for sure, but if you're swinging that iron well out of the fairway, you got as good a chance as anybody. I mean, Abe Answer is a was a good, a, a very fitting champion at this venue because we know him to be a great ball striker. And, and so everybody's got a chance this week. This is not going to be a bomb and gouge in the way it was at TPC Boston when DJ went up there and and you know damn near shot a fifty nine in the first round. This is right. a course, this, yeah. This is a course that's going to level out the field a little bit. And, and, you know, look at the class of winners. Will Zalatoris last year, speaking of, of, of flushers, speaking yeah. of guys who were on a, a, a ball striking heater, what we watched Will Zalatoris do last year. I mean, God, get back. I'm knocking on wood. Get back soon, yeah. Will Zalatoris. We miss you. Yeah. That guy made me a lot of money last year. Um, <laughs> when you go for, from Zalatoris to Abe Answer to JT to Brooks to DJ, that's a that's a good list. And Brooks, uh, the Brooks, here here. Brooks beating 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 Rory. Like there, there's some classy golfers on, on this list of, of, of winners and the competition. You know, Zal Torres had to beat Sepp Straka in a playoff last year. It's a it's a dogfight. It's it's great to watch, right? It, it, it is. And I think so. We're gonna look at that top 50 number because that's that's the cut. And, and there's a there's definitely a sense of urgency to get inside that because that means you're going to be in these eight signature events where they are distributing just god unbelievable amounts of money, uh, and so you want you want to get there for sure. But I will also say the goal for so many of these guys is Eastlake, and Eastlake the 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 top thirty race is actually hotter than the top fifty race. There's only hundred and fifty points between Matt Fitzpatrick at 36 right now and Taylor Moore at 25. 
And that's a, a much tighter, compact number of guys, uh, a bunch of guys around the same point distribution. I mean, Jordan Spieth is outside right now. He's at 31st. So he's going to have to put in the work this week to get to Eastlake over the course of the next two weeks. So I, we'll watch the top 50 line because that's going to tell you who are the guys we see on a regular basis at all these events next year for sure. But that race for Eastlake is really going to matter. And that's as competitive, if not more, than that, that race for the top 50. Well, we're going to get on with our buddy from Memphis, Tennessee, Chris Vernon here and get some of his insights. And then, Nathan, you and I are going to come back and, and, and give our, our picks for this thing. And I, I want to pose to you this question. We'll get to it in that segment. Who has the most to gain? over these playoffs and who has the most to lose. I want you to ponder that, but we're going to talk to Verno first and then, and then come back and, and try and give out some winning picks, a little ROI for all the birdie buddies out there. Hey, Hey, my birdie buddies, the playoffs are here. The golf playoffs. And there is no better place to get in on the golf action than FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. My Eagle enthusiasts, use your no-sweat bet on players like Tommy Fleetwood to finish top 10 or top 20. Benny on to finish top 10 or top 20. Cameron Young to finish top 10 or top 20. You can bet them in head-to-head matchups. You can bet them outright to win this golf tournament. There are a whole variety of ways to bet them using the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's wonderful. It's perfect. We're down in Memphis with our good buddy Chris Vernon in his backyard playing the FedEx St. Jude at TPC Southwind. These are guys with track records and things to prove as the FedEx Cup playoffs get going. My birdie buddies, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use with a ton of different pre-tournament and in-play markets. When you win, you win and you get paid instantly. So aim for some green this spring and bet on the PGA Tour. Go to FanDuel.com slash rolling and sign up that's fanduel.com slash r-o-l-l-i-n to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars fanduel the official betting operator of the pga tour quick disclaimer you must be 21 years old or older and present in select states if you have a gambling problem you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit the ringer.com slash rg Your first online real money wager, only a $10 deposit is required. The refund is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right, my birdie buddies. As y'all know, we like to play by the rules here at Fairway Rolling. One of our rules is that any time 
a major golf event is going down in the backyard of a mega golf media superstar who also happens to be one of our best buddies. Well, he, he must come on the show. That is a rule. This man is the most famous Masters rapper in the universe and the recent host of an alt broadcast on NBC Sports of the U.S. Open, Chris Vernon. Hi, buddy. How are you? Oh, I love getting to be on this show. You know how much I love you guys. And um, I like it when there's a golf tournament in Memphis. Everybody wants to talk to me about golf. Vernon, are you playing this week? I wish. I'm oh. actually going to an event. Hey, how about this? I am leaving you guys. And I am. I got asked. So about a week ago, uh, I got an email and it was asking me, it was FedEx uh, is having an event, like one of their activations for the week of the tournament. And they were like, hey, uh, we've got this event coming up with Jordan Spieth. Would you be willing to MC it? And I was like, yes. I don't even know what it is. I, I, I have no idea what it is. And I was like, yes, I'm in. I'm there. And so then... As of yesterday, like they had kind of been updating it, like, hey, we're going to do this thing with Jordan. There's going to be some of the St. Jude kids involved. Um, and then I think originally maybe like one of the Grizzlies guys was going to be out there. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is playing for Team USA. Desmond Bain had a surgery in the offseason. And so most of the guys are kind of like out bouncing around. And so anyways, long story short, I get the itinerary last night. And I'm about to leave from the house and head over to this FedEx hangar. Evidently, and you guys will hopefully be able to see the video, what I thought was just emceeing something with Jordan Spieth has turned into a golf competition between Spieth and John Rahm. Oh. And they each have a, uh, a Saint, one of the St. Jude kids alongside of them, and they are playing each other for a – uh, this massive donation to the hospital, and so now I'm like super excited. So that's why I'm dressed like this because I've got to, <laughs> I've got to, I've got to look the part. <laughs> you do, golfing. you do look ready, buddy. Uh, yeah. We're going to get to your breakdown of the FedEx uh, St. Jude at TPC South when we know you're a veteran of that joint, but we want to get your boots on the ground uh, analysis, your forecast for the week. But before we get there, this is our first opportunity to chat with you since your u.s open tilt you're on television for four straight days for what 14 hours 17 hours did they <laughs> let you go to the bathroom you know that was the actual hardest part of that um i asked them i'm like hey how long are the breaks and they said two minutes and i said so well luckily here's a little behind the curtain so i was doing the bit on uh peacock with johnson wagner who yes. I did not know going into this and walked away just absolutely love it. Best friends. It. And so, yeah, me and Johnson are best friends. And so walk away from that. But Johnson is, you know, he's he's kind of phasing out of PGA golf in and he's kind of gone full-fledged into this media career. And he's been doing a bunch of stuff on Golf Channel. He's gotten to do uh He's gotten to do some booth stuff. He's gotten to do some uh, walk the course stuff. And so anyways, he is an aspiring broadcaster who's just getting into it. And so right at the beginning of it all, I was like, look, this is great. You're an aspiring broadcaster. I don't want to talk every single time. <laughs> I was like, so. Might have to when, take a number two. When I, I was like, so when I leave. 
just bring it back, Johnson. You got this. And he was like, oh, really? And I was like, absolutely. Bring it back. I was like, and he- hell, do the whole segment. There was one segment where the guy that does like the fantasy and odds angles, uh, the Australian guy, Jay Croucher, he was over on the side. And I had gone to – the other thing was eating. You can't eat for can't five eat. hours. So I went and bought a bunch of like cashews at uh, Target. And so there's one whole segment where me and Jay Croucher are on the side and we're just eating cashews the whole time. We're off camera. And so every once in a while, Johnson would look up to me, up at me and I'd be like, you got this, bro. You got this. And you know what? He gets better and better and better every time he is on the air. He's going to be really good and going to be part of our – golf media uh fiefdom for a long long time i think yeah we've enjoyed watching him on, on golf channel and verno we did have to spy on you a little bit me and nate were together on the grounds at lacc taking it all in out there in los angeles we had the pod father with us for a little bit went out and sampled some of the hospitality because that was the way the way to do it but we we came back in the afternoon and watched you guys it looked very seamless you guys you know uh had a, had a very nice, familiar uh, uh, approach to it. Um, what was, like, the big takeaway? Because that's your first, like, extended TV run like that, right? What's your biggest takeaway from that experience? Yeah, you know, everything that I do, um, you know, with Grizzlies TV is always, like, it's like pre and post game. It's right. right. It's totally right up my alley. I'm at all of these games. I'm talking to all these players and coaches all the time. And, frankly, you're, like, talking in 30 second to minute, minute and a half sound bites. Um, the big thing was I had a producer there named Tom Archer. And Tom Archer did like Sunday night baseball and all these like things for so many years. He was like 30 years at ESPN. He now works with NBC. And he was in my ear like the whole time and not like a distracting in your ear. Like, thank God. He is telling me like, you know what I mean? And he was so seamless and he was so good. So like that was, I was panicked because everybody just kept saying, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I was like, what if I'm not fine? Right? Like, and so (laughs) when you're bouncing, when you're doing red zone, like from that to that, to that, you know, it'll be like, say like you're watching Colin Morikawa on the, and he's got like a birdie putt, whatever. He'll be like, hey, he'll be like, hey, after this, we're heading over. Sepp Straka just hit it in the crap on 17, right? And so then you're like going and they're sort of like, all right, we're going to head over to 17. Sepp Straka, now he's in a, a point of bother or whatever they say. You know what I mean? And then you're just throwing to the next, throwing to the next. And then sometimes they would just say talk. And then it just becomes me and Johnson. But it was a fun experience for sure. It's a lot. Um, cause you're on the air for five hours, um, for three day or for, you know, four days in a row. And then by the time you really feel like you're in a groove, it's over. Um, they didn't let you take your shirt off either. No, I mean, they would have, they, I, you know what? They were way laid back. Like, I think, I think they would have let me do kind of whatever I wanted to. I, they, the, the whole idea, I mean, the reason they called me in the first place, like they wanted it to. They wanted it to be fun. You know what I mean? Because I kept telling them when they called me, I was like, hey, look, man, I'm not Bob Costas. So I don't know. I don't know what you think you're getting. But like, I've never done this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we know. That's why. And I was like, okay. And so anyways, I like doing it a lot. I don't know when the uh, 
next time around is I had an opportunity to do the British. Um, I had just moved. Couldn't maybe you would do Ryder Cup. I mean, if they if they call me, that may be one. I may have to do that one because that that one would be really fun. Who says no to Ryder Cup house? Yeah, right. No, nobody. You got to do Ryder Cup, Nate Dog. Well, that was the funny thing was when I told people that I got that, they were like, "Ooh, that's gonna be so awesome!" L.A. Country Club. I'm like, I'm going to Connecticut. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going to Los Angeles. I'm going to be in a studio in Connecticut. Well, let's go back to Memphis. Let's let's talk about, you know, what you're anticipating this week, who you're going to see. One of the big storylines for the week is the much scaled down version of, of this field. We've gone from 125 of the best players down to, to 70. So it feels like a, a, a track meet where it's only sprinters allowed. Like this is yeah. not going to be a long haul kind of vibe. Um, boots on the ground. Is it just regular old Memphis weather? It's going to be 95 degrees and swamp ass all week? I, I I don't know. Like, I was out there. We broadcast live from there this morning, and it was pouring. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely pouring. Like, so, there were, I think there was one guy that was out trying to get a practice round in, and they had to call him in. And so, no, usually people are kind of, like, bopping around. You can go out to the practice screen. They're out there. They're maybe getting a practice round in. And so, by this afternoon, they're probably doing that by now but this morning whoever was intending on doing that was set back and so you know we have had this summer here where it's either 150,000 degrees or it's like raining and it's like a bad storm that knocks out your power and so every time it rains we all get panicked like oh god are we going to be without power um this morning it started raining Power held up at least over there. But, you know, the if you looked at the Memphis forecast this week, it's like every friggin' day this whole summer, which is like 30% chance, 50% chance, 40% chance. And so every time you cancel your tea time, it doesn't rain. And every time you go out and tee off, it dumps on you. And so I think that's something to look forward to is the unpredictability of this, right? It's for sure going to be hot and muggy and wet no matter what but if it can you know hopefully they can get these rounds in uh without the without it raining and it becoming like a big problem for it because i mean that's uh, how anticlimactic was that yesterday with the wind though just sucks when anything has to be paused well the good news is there's only 70 guys we got a no cut event finally so they may be able to be a little bit more flexible with the tee times is there anything about the course this year that's going to be different is it just going to be instead of 125 guys cramming around there for two days that that we've got 70 and they're all fighting to to get into what is now after the pga tour just put out the new schedule this week or today uh, boy, there's a lot of money at stake for the guys who can make their way into the top 50 this year, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I saw with that schedule for next year, this one got is one of the ones that got pushed back um, a week in August, and that is because... The Olympics, um, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, the Olympics next year. And so that's kind of moving things around. Uh, course-wise, you know, look, it's like most of these courses that are run by the PGA, I don't... You're not going to notice any... Uh, any massive changes when you're watching it on TV because, you know, they do the rip up and then they, you know, they'll rip up a fairway and then they'll repair, but it's nothing that you would notice visually. Um, The holes are the holes. And I think a lot of guys really like this course. Um, You know, there's a lot of good golf shots that you can make out there. You, 
really, really, really have to stay in the fairway out there or scoring is just near impossible. I say this from experience. Um, and then I think that, yeah, I think that's going to be the viewer experience. You know, I really wonder how much the viewer experience is going to change based upon tomorrow. I will tell you that um, I was doing where, where I was set up this morning doing our local show. Um, you know, we're moving out of that because in that general area, Monahan's supposed to be here tomorrow. Um, there's going to be some kind of a meeting from what I gather on Tuesday uh, with players meeting. And so you could imagine there's going to be all kinds of stories coming out of that. You know, it was opined around here. Maybe Tiger comes in. You know, we've never gotten him at a tournament in Memphis. Hmm. Wouldn't that be ironic? Is if the one time we get it, he actually steps foot in Memphis is for this newly minted uh, role that he has within the PGA players. And the other one was uh, was Thomas. You know, uh, people thinking that he's going to fly in anyway just to come because if it's a, if, you know, I don't think they've had, I think it's all pretty well been Zoom. You guys would know better than me, but I think it's pretty much been Zoom and that's how they've been meeting most recently. And so it seemed like this was going to be a face-to-face one. And I'm sure that, you know, golf may end up taking, it's never going to take the back burner, but certainly it might not be what everybody is talking about, depending upon what goes down tomorrow. Yeah, I, I do anticipate. I wonder, JT has in the, in the past been a person that's made a big uh, uh, demonstration of his commitment to this event and and working hard with with St. Jude's and, and you know, a, a lot of his outreach um, to the to the kids there. So I would not be surprised at all um, to see him live live and in person this week. Uh, we have to get to your pick for the week. But before we get there. I'm on the FanDuel page. One of the wagers that's caught my attention right away is whether or not there will be a hole-in-one this week. And I was trying to go through the memory banks a little bit. I can't remember very many holes-in-one. The par threes are all like 175 to 200 yards, give or take. And they tend to be the kind of holes where you go out and you get your par and you keep on moving. The odds right now, it's minus 120 for yes. So a slight bias towards yes, but no is is priced at minus one ten. Uh, most of the time, you have to pay a lot of money for no for a hole in one if if they don't think that they're going to set up the course in a manner conducive to holes in in one. Can you think of a hole? I'm I'm picking you your your four. memory banks number. Yeah, okay, you can, you can yeah you could make four. You're not making it on like Sunday when they put right. the pin in the back left, but you could. Somebody could hole out on four. I, it's All pretty right. straight. It's pretty straight on. There's water on the left. You can. I, I mean, in fact, the, the reason I say that is because I uh, I set up shop one of the days with my two kids. It's the first day I've always like for twenty something years. I just walk around the course all the time during these tournaments, and I finally just decided, all right, because I've got the kids, I'm not chasing them all day. We're gonna take three lawn chairs, pick a hole, and just sit at it and watch every group come through. And so we actually did it on four. So that's why I'm saying I was there, you know, and I watched every group come through. You got the 70 best guys. I mean, that one, you you can make that. I, I would be stunned if anybody hold out on 11. That's the hardest hole in the world. Um, I think it is by far the most lost balls of any hole in all of the PGA. More than Sawgrass, more than anywhere is uh, the Island Green, which is number 11. Um, 
So I think, yeah, I think somebody could hold out on four. Somebody could also hold out on eight. It's possible. It's okay. just, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward and you could get a roll. I, yeah, I bet there would, I, I would say over four rounds with no cut and the 70 best guys. Somebody's going to hold one of those. Okay. They're not. They're, right. they're, they're, I think that they're, it's because 11 is so hard that nobody's getting that one. But I do think the other three, it's possible. That that's all. That's all it takes. Yeah. Minus one twenty. If you want to jump on there and play that specialty, the FanDuel Sportsbook always has the juicy ones for us. Speaking of juicy ones, Verno, we're gonna let you go because you have some top of the world golfers to go uh, rub shoulders <laughs> with. But, but give right. us give us your pick for the week, bud. All right. So I looked through all the odds. I know you guys love these odds on FanDuel, and so look. You, you know, you don't get any numbers on any of the good guys. Right. So let me go ahead and set aside, right, the Rory and the Scheffler and the whatever, right? I do think that I, I said that from from experience and from watching this tournament every year, you have got to hit the fairways. You have to. So you look first at the, like, who are the guys that hit fairways all the time? Morikawa hits fairways all the time. And I know he has not had a very good season, but oh, he is he is a guy stir up house right now. <laughs> he is he, he is a guy that hits a lot of fairways. Um and he's and he, he, he hits did very well last year. Too. I know, me too. And look, he did well last year. And interestingly enough, two guys that were up there last year have had great seasons, or at least as of yesterday, had a great season. Uh Glover was right in the mix last year, Brian Harmon right in the mix last year, and those guys are both fairway guys. But there is one guy that I looked up and down and I thought, oh, wow, 25 bucks will pay, I believe, a thousand. And he hits every fairway and he's been awesome all year and he was good last year. That man is Tom Kim. Yeah, ah. man. We, we love Tom Kim here I on like Fairway Rolling. Yeah, I think he's been. Great. All Here's year. what we need from you. You need to go find Tom Kim this Make week. Sure he's you get an interview okay. with him. That's it. Is it's the ankle. Lane? I know. It's the ankle. I know. That's the only he, concern. But he was he was off last week. And I mean, that thing. I ankles. Look, we do basketball all the time around here. You can ice an ankle. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> ankles, ankles, you can get back pretty quick. It's the other stuff. But I, I just think that he's one of those guys you look up and down and you see those like the fairway accuracy stats if you're in the fairway it's not a hard course to putt on right I, in fact one of my one of the best rounds i ever played out there and i've never broken 80 out there but one of the best rounds i've ever played was i just decided i'm just playing like three woods and irons on any hole i think i could spray it on and i just stayed in the fairway and it was ended up being my best because if you stay in the fairway, the fairways are beautiful. The ball props up perfectly. So everything is this great lie. But the second you fall into the first or the second cut, like this is one of those courses where we'll go play that like next week after they're gone. And somebody in my group will hit it like right off the side of the fairway on one. And four of us will look for it and never find it. And it will be, it will be there. It's just if you don't step on it, if you know, so 
And so it just lays down in that stuff. And these guys think they can get a, even the best players think they can get a club through it hard enough to, you know, put it on uh, somewhere. And it's just, it's punitive. So I, I just like the guys that stay in the fairway. All right. Well, Verno, we know where to find you. Grind City Media all week. You're broadcasting from the golf course. You're going to have a whole ton of golfers coming through, giving yeah. you visits, all of your favorites. I know you don't have to ask where he be now because he's going to be visiting with you, that Tony Fee. Now, I'm sure that's the case. And go find Tom Kim and put some ice on that ankle for us, Verno. You know the two that I asked for that are off the grid? I asked for Kim and I asked for Thigala. Oh. I got okay. both like young guys that I really yep. like that I think yeah. are both I think are both very good and I know would both be really good talkers. Well, For listen, sure. if they didn't say no, you just remember the Hubbard kid is highly available this week. <laughs> <laughs> Go would, find you know a Hubbard what? kid. Hey, you know, and you see all these guys, like the claws making a comeback, huh? Like he's the one that went so viral for it. You got all these guys putting weird now. It's the snail, everything. It's all it's yep. all in. Have all a great right, week Chris out there, Vernon, We're all looking right, for you all week, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, my Eagle enthusiasts. Huge shout out to Verno. Catch him all week on Grind City Media. Have a bunch of players coming through, visiting, checking in, uh, maybe giving some insights into how they expect the week to go. Nathan and I have our own perspective on how the week might go. But as we enter these playoffs, I want to pose to you the question, and I'm only looking for one name in each category. Who has the most to gain and who has the most to lose as these playoffs arrive and are staring us in the face? I'll let you choose uh gain versus lose you 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 could do it however you want because i'm 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 in a generous mood today well i want to start with who has the most to lose okay love it let's do this my answer is unequivocally scotty scheffler he blew this wow last year he blew the fedex cup last year he should have won it he He should have won well enough he let rory mcelroy into it and uh, he is in a moment of not crisis, but bizarre confusion about how to put the golf ball and how to at least get to a place of mediocrity with the putter so that he can take advantage of his genius level, almost unprecedented, unless your name is PGA Tour Policy Board member Tiger Woods, uh, ball striking that we have seen from Scotty Scheffler. If he cannot get through these FedEx Cup playoffs with the putter at least working out reasonably well, I think you head into next season needing to make a major change. And because there is no good reason why Scotty Scheffler didn't win a major this year. I know he won the players. Doesn't count. There is no good reason why Scotty Scheffler didn't win four or five more tournaments. You have an opportunity here to be an all-timer but he's got to figure out the putter. And I do think the mental hangover of last year is going to be a fun challenge to just see, does he have a mental hangover from last year? Does he have a mental hangover from the way the putter really fell apart towards the middle and last part of the season? So for me, it's Scotty Scheffler. This is his FedEx Cup to lose. He's favored first and foremost this week. Uh, I think uh, we're going to learn a lot about this guy over the course of the next three, three weeks. 
Well, I'm going to cheat the construct because I have two names and both names to me have the most to gain and the most to lose. Okay. I might be stepping on, on, on your, uh, most to gain situation here. Okay. These are two, two familiar names. Neither one of them have had seasons that I think sitting down with us, if they, if we were lucky enough on January the 1st, 2023 and looking at the schedule and plotting out how their, their seasons might go, I would say both of them would have forecasted something far rosier than what we arrived at. And yet there is still this chance. Hope springs eternal. These next three events could vault them into a seizing, saving kind of uh, opportunity, not that dissimilar from what Rory McElroy himself did last year. He really rewrote an entire script of a season that was was puzzling to us. We were flummoxed by the Rory season. And then he came out and he won the FedEx Cup and he told us all to STFU and we had to put him right back into the top three with Rom and Scheffler. The two guys for me that fit this category are Colin Morikawa, my favorite, uh, might feel like punching bag, but it's not the case. It's just a guy that I have perhaps unreasonable, but very high expectations yes. for. And Cameron Young, another guy that I've been punching down on who I have very high expectations for and, you know, can't string together a level of consistent high level play that I think, you know, he, he set the expectation for us that he'd be capable of that high level play. And he hasn't been been able to meet his own expectation setting level. So yeah. I'm I'm disappointed in both of them. And yet, both of those guys, it with the, with a string of successful performances over these next three events, could tell us to be quiet. They could tell me, you be quiet, house. We're both going to be on the Ryder Cup. We don't care what what you say about the the, the television viewership that the JT and and Bryson might bring we deserve to be on the team we're we're star players and, and we're going to play like stars what do you think about about that assessment nate dog well i you know in terms of my who has the most to gain it, it's attacks from the same framework i think colin morikawa is in i think he's playing the Ryder cup i think that's big i think uh cameron young is possibly let me, let me hit pause Go for ahead. one second just yeah. real quick tangent yeah why do you say that about morikawa I think for the same reason that uh, JT is in, he's got two majors. He is an elite striker of the ball. And in Morikawa's case, you know, his pairing with DJ at Whistling Straits went extraordinarily well. And and he proved himself to be a very good match player. So there's no DJ. There is no DJ in this one. So he couldn't be paired with DJ. No. And he is not an awesome match play guy. His record is kind of like a middling. Uh, as a, as a, on an individual basis, he's based kind of a, like a, a 500 player. The only reason I hit pause is because isn't Brian Harmon the hotter version, the current in, in best current form version of Colin Morikawa? I don't think he has quite the length that Morikawa has. I'm not okay. sure he is as elite of a ball striker. And when you think about alternate shot, yeah, I'd rather this... be playing with Colin Morikawa than Brian Harmon. Are you saying that by reputation? You can't be saying that based on stats this season. 
I call Morikawa is still striping the golf ball. He just hasn't. His finishes have been have been a little weak. I, I okay. still feel. Look, I l- let me let me make the counter case to you, and then and then we'll see. Because this is who has the most to gain. I agree with you that if Morikawa plays extraordinarily well through these playoffs, he locks it in. And I think if Cam Young plays well and moves himself up from the high forties into the Tour Championship, he's got a decent chance to be on this team and potentially even take out Justin Thomas, although the lobbying campaign that's happening right now from Justin Thomas, I mean, and, and it's all heart and authentic. Like it, it'd be hard to say no to the guy whose job it is to babysit Jordan Spieth. But look, when I look at speaking of the FedEx uh, Comcast business top 10 house, yes. when I look at the top 10 guys, all of them are definitely playing the Ryder Cup except two. And that is Keegan Bradley at number eight and Tony Finau at number 10. And with a single win this week or really high finishes over the next two weeks, those guys are going to be in the top five heading into Eastlake with a chance to win the FedEx Cup. And I think both of those guys have a really strong – Keegan in particular has a very strong case to make because if if they bypass him for a Justin Thomas – or for uh, you know some of the other guys that that we're talking about potentially bringing in here, Cam Young. If they bypass Keegan, and it does look like right now, just from a star power standpoint, he might be the odd man out. He'll be as high of a point finisher to ever not make the Ryder Cup team. So Keegan, I think, if he goes out and flexes a bit over the next couple tournaments, is going to put a lot of pressure on Zach Johnson. Speaking of of pressure. On Zach Johnson, Nate Dog, we're going to put some pressure on our own Johnsons and try and come up with a handful of selections of of high performers who we might forecast our own selves. We had Verno on. Verno told us his pick, and he mentioned some names that 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 we like. But he he's on Tom Kim, and we understand that that Tom Kim has the uh, ankle injury that might hamper him. We're really rooting hard. For, for Tom Kim's success because we, we, we love Tom Kim on this podcast uh, and on this program. But, Nate, how about some other names that are catching your attention as we enter this stretch? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little weirded out this week, House, because we haven't seen some of these guys for a while. I mean, we saw Sam Burns last week. We saw, you know, a couple of T-15, other guys. T-15, T-14, inside the top 15. Absolutely. A couple of other guys last week, but we just haven't seen – the likes of a lot of guys. I, I look. I think about this tournament the same way that I thought about the one last week, which is there are some guys who are around the edges who have to play well to advance. So I would start there and start looking at top ten, top twenty bets for guys who, as long as they deliver that result, are going to jump up or move forward. So I look at Cam Davis, who's sitting at sixty second. He is. He, he's coming off a T seven last week. And there's a chance. I mean, Cam Davis with a decent finish there, probably in a you know a top ten ish, top twelve ish. He's going to be able to jump into the top fifty. I look at JT Poston, forty fifth, also coming off a T seven. He's been playing great golf lately. That's a guy who I think you can expect to top twenty, top twenty five this week, depending on what kind of odds you're going to get. Hard to imagine Lucas Glover. He missed one cut in his last four, but he's got a win and three other top tens over his last five, it's hard to imagine Lucas Glover, who's sitting at 49 right now, who just went on national TV with Amanda Renner yesterday and said, I am too old to be away from my kids this long. He my did job, say that. My, I've been busting my hump to get to a place 
where I can play a little bit less and show up for more practices and more dance recitals and all those things. He's sitting at 49. If he stays inside the top 50, Lucas Glover can set his schedule next year. I expect Lucas Glover to carry over the strong play from this week and at least top 20, top to, to hang in. I think he probably only needs realistically a top 30 to stay where he is, but it's going to be close. So I think he's going to push himself well. And then lastly, House, I look at Thomas Dietrich, who's sitting at 52. Oh. Uh, you know, he's tw- he, he was 21st uh, after a decent rally. He had a 64 on Saturday. I, it just feels like he's coming hard and, you know, into the picture here and that, and that we're going to see him jump up from 52. I have two guys that I want to put into the mix, and I'm only going to play like a tiny bit on them to win outright. Um, the prices are are good, um, but not incredible. Uh, I love Benny on this week uh, uh. after his performance at at uh, Sedgefield kind of speaks for itself. He had the, the the best day among the leaders. He 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 beat Lucas Glover and Russell Henley and and Billy Horschel. He's just too far back. His um, ball striking numbers were terrific. Uh, fourth in, in strokes gained tee to green. This is a shout out to my our pal, friend of the pod, Tom Jacobs, and the work that he does every week. He has a, a, a nice write-up on Benny on. But Benny's been uh, on a heater. Uh, tied for third at the Scottish, tied for 23rd at the Open Championship. And here he is back in the United States, tied for second at Wyndham. Um, and he's sitting in that class. He's at 36 right now, I, yeah. I believe. He a, a nice performance at this puts him right up into the top 30. He also is capable of playing well at this venue. He finished tied for 12th in in 2020, but he was in second place going into the weekend. Um, so Benny on is, is is one name, and then I'm I'm riding um, alongside Sobel with his action on Tommy Fleetwood. Now he has Tommy Fleetwood only as as a as a top ten kind of thing, but what he's channeling and the reason that I like it now he he's playing Tommy at, at plus five fifty to top five. I'm going to play him to top ten, but the nugget that Sobel drops that I'm on is uh, Tommy on his own socials talking about going out and seeing Butch Harmon to get you know s- some 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 swing juice uh, organized. Um, you know, he has four top tens in his last five starts. You know, he was in the playoff up in in, in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody, including the Podfather himself, threw up their hands at the lackluster performance at the Open Championship. And lackluster only in the sense that he never really threatened to win. But it was still an excellent uh, tournament, objectively, um, on the heels of the, of the U.S. Open. Top five, top ten. Tommy Fleetwood's getting a little bit of my action this week. I don't hate it. Who's going to win this thing, House? I mean, I, I, I've already sort of mentioned the name that I think is, is the most interesting one based on the class of winners who've come through here before. I, I'm looking at Jordan Spieth at 31, sitting outside the, the Tour Championship number right now. He has got to advance the cause over the next couple of weeks. Again, he's only a very few handful of points, four behind Corey Connors, and points are quadrupled this week. So there's going to be a whole lot of movement. But I could see Spieth coming in a little bit hotter than some of the other guys with that extra motivation to get himself into the conversation around Eastlake. When you look at some of the guys 
who are between 20 and 30 right now, Adam Shank, Seamus Power at 29, Chris Kirk at 28. You got to figure a few of those guys are maybe a little bit vulnerable. If you can just play well enough over these next couple of weeks, you're going to you're going to have a tea time outside of Atlanta. So I have three names for you um, for, for the, the winner category. Um, and, you know, one, one of them it was our pick to win last week. So this is the classic. We, we didn't get them right, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the this week happens before. happens to us a lot. Yeah. So you have to ride them the next week. That That's Sam Burns. He, he yeah. finished tied for 14th. He gained strokes tee to green. He gained strokes to approach. He gained strokes ar- around the greens. Uh, he, he, he has quietly not done much. Since he won the match play uh, down yeah. in Austin, he only has one top 10 finish in 11 yeah. starts, but he has five top 20 finishes. So he's between 10 and, and 20. So he's he's competing and he has uh, a decent track record here. Lost in a, in a playoff a couple years ago. The Ryder Cup motivation is there. And obviously... Um, he is a a um, good putter on Bermuda greens, based on on his own sort of internal stats. No doubt. And then you 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 can't to to me if I'm gonna tease both Cameron Young and Colin Morikawa as the guys with with both. What are you about to do to me? Bet both of them. Bet, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet both of them. I'm gonna bet them both this week. So I'm gonna bet them to win. I'm gonna bet them to top ten. I'm gonna bet them to top twenty. I think that you know. It's it's put up or shut up. You can get Morikawa at twenty five to one right this second on uh, uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook. He and and Mister uh, Cameron Young is available at it looks like to me forty to one. Both those guys, a little yes. sprinkle on on outrights because um, there's absolutely no reason in terms of the the, the what the skill sets that they possess that they cannot win this golf tournament. Cameron yeah. Young, um, ball striking wise last year, I think was second only to Will Zalatoris at this very golf course. So maybe you're channeling some of that positive vibes, but if I'm going to talk all that smack on them, then I got to have a little candy in the game. You understand what I'm saying? I understand. And I support you, baby. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Well, speaking of support, we will continue to do our best to support you. Our birdie buddies, our eagle enthusiasts, our par-saving pals with continuing shows throughout these playoffs. Thank you for joining us on this playoff preview. Thank you to Verno for coming out and giving us a little bit of that Memphis flavor. We're back all of playoffs long, my my birdie buddies. And I hope you're playing alongside us. And I'm talking about the game. Get a tee in the ground and get out there. There's only a about four or five weeks of summer left. Let's get this in before Labor Day. And if you're able to do so, please, let's hit them straight out there. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, 
Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. If you are in Arizona, you call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 533-421-888-789-7777 in Connecticut. That's the number. Or you can visit ccpg.org slash chat. Once again, that's in Connecticut. In Indiana, you call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. In Louisiana, it's 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or in New York, you call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.